Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! Listen, I don't want to hear anybody from Oakland. I don't want to hear this mayor who's a loudmouth. I don't want to hear anybody there who's an A's fan. I'm not interested. The owner there, John Fisher, he owned the team since 2005. All right, the last couple of years, they've been a disaster. We all know that. They've made lots of trades. Chapman, Olsen, they've given up the team. I understand that. I, I get it. You don't like it? Fair enough. But... Since 2005, since the guy owned the ball club, if you're an A's fan with what they have to deal with with their stadium and their luxury tax and payroll and all that and their resources, their second team in town, now that's a tough spot to try to win in. They've done a good job. The A's have been competitive. The A's have made the playoffs. The A's made the playoffs in the pandemic year. They won. A, they played the Astros. The A's made the playoffs the year they lost to Kansas City in 14. The A's made the playoffs one year they lost to the Yankees. Uh, uh, Yankees in a play-in game at Yankee Stadium. The A's made the playoffs one year, and they lost, of course, to Tampa. That in 2019. Nobody's going to sit there and tell me that the A's have not tried to be a competitive baseball team. They got Beans sitting there. Moneyball came out in this ownership's tenure. Fisher, John Fisher. So the idea that the A's have been a disaster, and you know what? Why should we go out there and help you build a ballpark in downtown Oakland when you haven't given us a competitive team is a bunch of nonsense. And we all know that that stadium, Alameda, is a complete utter train wreck. We know that. There are more animals in that freaking stadium than on the 8th Avenue IRT line and subway lines. I mean, that's how bad it is. They got possums living in walls, and I'm not knocking possums. They're better than rats, but it's a, but, but it's a, but it's an, it's a, a, one of our feathered friends. They had a sewage breakout a couple years ago. That was a mess. The place smelt like uh, poor Andy the Frain could have freaking swam in there with Shawshank. That's how bad the joint was there a few years ago. The stadium is a mess. Golden State left the Alameda Coliseum next door. The Raiders couldn't get the hell out of there fast enough, and they did. And the idea that they want to have a new ballpark or did for a long time at Howard's Market, right downtown near the Port Authority, where the boats are in, 40,000 seats and, you know, sort of a joint effort with the state of California and the city of Oakland and the ownership and the fact that they had to cut through a thousand pieces of red tape to get that done and nobody helped them out and all these legislation boards said, no, thank Thank you. Want more appeals? They got environmental arguments. Oh, it's a joke. The whole thing. Environmental boards. It was a mess. It was an absolute mess. Either you want the team or you don't want the team. And I don't blame municipalities if they decide that they don't want to pay for a billionaire's luxury box or doesn't want to pay for a millionaire to build his little funhouse so he can make a fortune with teams. I understand that. You don't want to build him a, a building. And in California, you know, Cronky had to build SoFi by with his own money. So I understand that. San Diego didn't build a stadium for the Chargers. They leave. I understand that. If, if that's where they want to go, on this, I get it. But if the guy then decides to leave because you're not going to help him out in what he thinks is a sufficient way, well, then he's got a right to leave. The lease is up in 2024, so we're right at that point anyway. And he's got Vegas who offered him a good deal. Now, I don't know what the deal is. It sounds like it's around $500 million. He'll pick up the rest of the tab. But, I mean, it sounds like that's sort of a 
a private-public partnership to build a stadium a mile from Allegiant, and the A's can go to Vegas. Now, I listen, would I have preferred Portland? Absolutely. If I'm baseball, I don't like being the third team in, and they're the third team in. Hockey in the NFL, here comes the NBA down the road. Vegas is all of a sudden going to have four teams. I don't like that. I would have preferred to go to Portland, but they went to Vegas. Anything is better than Oakland. Anything. And I don't like Fisher. I'd be the first to admit it. But, and, you know, and these owners don't want to spend their money on stadiums. Sternberg uh, doesn't want and wants Tampa to build a stadium for his team. And he don't want to freaking sit there and put his own money. He puts a little money in. He don't want to put a lot of money in. I understand that. So he's stuck because he can't go to Montreal. And so he's going to have to figure out a way to work with the St. Petersburg City Council to build a spot in uh, right near where the Tropicana is. Now, that's a mess because the, no fan wants to go to St. Petersburg from Tampa to see the Rays play. So, uh, and their stadium is not as bad as Oakland. So I don't know what the point is of that scenario. But in the Oakland scenario, you cannot continue to play Major League Baseball in that dump. This is a professional sports league. You got 30 teams. And this is their version of the Arizona Coyote. You cannot sit there and play baseball in a stadium where you have animals living in the walls and a visiting TV crew can't do the broadcast of games because you got a possum in a broadcast booth. That's what happened this past week with SNY. So the idea that the A's bailed, well, good for the A's. Let them bail. So I have no problem with it. And again, if the A's didn't have a choice, they didn't have another city, all right, well, then the A's are going to have to deal with figuring out a way to work with the city of Oakland, and they're going to have to maybe have a new stadium built on the site where they didn't want to be, and this is where, in fact, the A's and Oakland wanted them to be. I don't have, you know, I, I don't know that answer. But as it turns out, they had a suitor. And when you have a suitor, and that suitor does a better job than the incumbent, well, you know what? You can't kill the owner for leaving. And the idea is somehow, some way, that East Bay is full Full of Oakland A's fans who have been dying uh, to go to the ball games on a year-in, year-out basis and love the city and, you know, they draw three million a year is a bunch of hogwash. I don't live in the Bay Area. I understand that. But ever since I've been a kid, and that's uh, 57 years I've been following baseball in the Bay Area, I never once recall Oakland being a hotbed of Major League Baseball. Never in my life have I. It's not St. Louis, okay? It's not Boston. It's, it, it's, it's, it's. It's not Wrigley Field. Uh, so the idea that somehow, some way, we are hurting three and a half million people who want to go to A's games is a bunch of freaking nonsense. Don't believe it. You want to tell me they love the Raiders? I'll buy that. You want to tell me that Al Davis at the, uh, at the you know, started this mess back in the uh, early 80s when he went to L.A. and that city got screwed and the fans got screwed? I'll buy that. I'll buy that. If that's what you want to tell me. You want to tell me that the Oakland Raiders belong in Oakland, not Vegas? I'll buy that too. I'll buy that. But don't sit there and tell me that about the A's. I'll give you chapter and verse attendance figures of the 72, 73, and 74 A's teams who won championships. Empty seats, postseason, World Series, all over the place. All over the place. So good for... And again, I don't want to support Fisher. But I have no problem of how the A's handled this scenario. None. And if Rob Manford, and he did, if he wants to waive the relocation fee, as he told us last year, when did he tell us? At the Maybe it was either the All-Star, no, we didn't go to the All-Star game. Was that the World Series? Go back and listen. 26 minutes. Manford in Houston for the World Series. I said, Rob, you, you, you waived the initiation fee? Yeah, not just for Vegas, Chris. I waived their relocation fee anywhere they want to go. They don't got to pay it which would have been in a rough area of 375 million bucks. He wants to waive that to help the A's. He has, he's the commissioner. He can have the, that's his right. 
The, the, the Raiders had to pay $375 billion, I'm sorry, million, to go to, to, to the other owners to go to, to, go to Vegas. And Rob waived that for the athletics. If that's what he wants to do, that's not your decision. He can do that. He's the commissioner. Listen, Scherzer can moan and groan all he wants. Scherzer can say, among other things, I'd be an idiot to go out there, uh, you know, uh, with cheating after they told me to wash my hands in front of an MLB official. Uh, Scherzer can sit there and say, I swear on my kids and my own life, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Scherzer can babble and, uh, and go crazy until the cows come home. The bottom line is, is the rule's a rule. And, you know, I'm not trying to say it's intentional. I'm not trying to tell you it's about spin rates and all that nonsense. Who knows the reason? It was only six. 68 degrees, so he can't sit there and tell me it was because there was a heat wave in Dodger Stadium. But the bottom line is, they asked him, warned him twice to make sure he washes the garbage off. And then for the third time, according to the two umpires, and we'll get to Phil Cuzzy and Dan Bellino in a minute, uh, you know, they said it was actually worse than the first two times. And so they really left them no choice but to eject him from the game, despite his hijinks and all that nonsense. And he's out of there. So I I don't know exactly where Scherzer thinks he's got a leg to stand on, whether through an appeal, uh, you know, or as he quote-unquote said, a legal process, Whatever it might be, I mean, here's the issue. He was warned twice by the umpires yesterday to get the tackiness out of his glove, his fingers, his hand, and everything else. And all three, and on three different occasions, he, whatever the reason, didn't obey it right. And as a result, they had to throw him out of the game. I, mean, I don't know exactly what he thinks the umpires are supposed to do in that scenario. I mean, obviously, for the average everyday fan, it's a little confusing about, you know, what is allowed, what isn't allowed. You got the rosin bag in the mix. You got your own sweat. They want the ball to be somewhat sticky so you don't beam people left and right in the batter's box. But, I mean, uh, there comes a point where you go over the line. And according to Cousy and Dan Bellino, the crew chief, he went over the line. So Scherzer can sit there and scream to the mighty heavens that somehow, some way, you got a raw deal and this is a misinterpretation of what the rule is supposed to be. But the bottom line is they gave him two chances. He comes out the third time and the freaking stuff is stickier than before. So what would you like the umpiring crew to do? What do you think? They're out to get Scherzer? You think they want to throw him out of the game and make a name for themselves? That's not what they're trying to do here. No umpire in any sport referee, official, you name it. He might make mistakes. He might like to be a hot dog in front of the camera when he gives you replay rules and first down and the old red cast and stuff. But, you know, the idea is is that this is something that the owner, the umpire doesn't want to do this. Then he's got to file a report. He's got to talk to a pool reporter. He's got to report to the MOB headquarters about the actual incident. He don't want to go through that nonsense. So the idea that Bellino and Cuzzy had it out for Scherzer or the idea that Cuzzy was involved than the other two uh, sticky or tackiness ejections as he has been with Hector Santiago and Kaleeb Smith in the last couple years. So because he's got to bug up his fanny, I mean, I, I, I don't buy it. I mean, and I'm not trying to sit there and say that Scherzer intentionally tried to cheat, but he was warned twice and he came back the third time. And if I'm going to read you the quote, I can. He came back the third time. Matter of fact, I will read it just so you have an idea exactly what he said. He came back the third time and Bellino said, geez, he was stick now than he was a few minutes ago. 
So what the hell you want me to do? Uh, uh, so Okay. Both Phil and I touched his hand, and as far as stickiness, level of stickiness, this is the stickiest that it has been since I've been inspecting hands, which now goes back three seasons. Compared to the first inning, the level of stickiness, it was so sticky when we touched his hand, our fingers were sticking to his hand. And whatever was on the rem- and whatever was on there remained on his fingers afterwards for a couple of innings where you could still feel the fingers were sticking together. So it was far more than we had ever seen before in a pitcher in live action. And we understand the repercussions of removing a pitcher from the game. We take that very seriously. And with the training we've been given by Major League Baseball to check to make sure that it's not a, a, that it is not an illegal substance, this was clearly something went too far over the line. Now, what the hell do you want the guy to do? And now baseball, I mean, you know, they're going to have to suspend him for the 10 days. And I don't want to hear about an appeal. Sure, he has a right to appeal. But, I mean, so did Santiago and Smith a few years ago. And they had their appeal rejected. They didn't split it down the middle at five games. They gave them two starts. They gave them 10 games. So, I mean, I think that Manfred and company are going to have to do the same thing here. Which which means Scherzer misses two games and doesn't... And By the way, one of those games is against Atlanta. He misses the two games and that's just the way the Mets are going to have to live with it. I don't know exactly what you're supposed to do. Now, I get the idea that with Herman a couple of weeks ago or a week ago or no, 10 days ago now. No, it wasn't. Herman was this past weekend. I understand that the Herman thing looks a little odd because James Hoy, the crew chief, went out and gave Herman a, a wash your hand lesson and then Herman came out and he still had some stickiness on his finger and they allowed him to pitch. Now, it wasn't Worse the second time, as it appeared to be for Scherzer when he was told to go wash his hands yesterday. But the bottom line is he didn't wash his hands completely, and they still let him go pitch. And that's why Rocky Bodelli got got thrown out of the game. Twin Yankees, Saturday afternoon, Yankee Stadium. But I don't know exactly what you want them to do. And the idea that Scherzer, they're out to get Scherzer is a bunch of nonsense. And I'm not trying to sit there and say that Scherzer is actively saying, you know, let me cheat and everything else and let me see what I can do here. But, you know, bottom line is he had too much stickiness, whatever you, however he got there, whether it's rosin bag, sweat, whatever he did, he had too much slash stickiness, tackiness on his person. And that's the way it goes. Now, listen, were the umpires warned by the Dodgers, you know, because the Dodgers had Scherzer there a year or so ago, and the Dodgers know more about Scherzer than anybody, and this is Scherzer's first start against L.A. since he left the Dodgers a year ago last, I, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe they did, I don't, I don't know the answer on that, Scherzer was bad in the first inning, he walked to and gave up a hit, bases loaded, he got out of it, and then he was warned after that, uh, maybe that had something to do with it, you'd have to ask him. But the bottom line is, that was the right move. If you have a rule and you break the rule, you got to do something about it. I don't care who the pitcher is. So I have no issues at all with what the Major League Baseball did. I know you got all these conspiracy theories out, theorists out there. And now, obviously, a guy like Boris is going to go crazy because that's his agent. And baseball doesn't want to sit there and deal with this. And Scherzer doesn't like the commissioner. Remember, he was on that executive council with the lockout a year ago. The executive c- council rejected the owner's last proposal. Uh, right before the spring training began only to have the executive council's rejection be overruled by the rank and file so there's a lot of bad blood there and so maybe they think they're trying to take it out on them who the hell knows bottom line is the the umpires did the right thing 
Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.